Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're excited to be coming to you through this platform today. We hope that your heart is encouraged, that your faith is stirred by what God speaks to you today. God bless you. Enjoy the message. The statements and the words of Jesus, they are trustworthy. They are true. They are eternal. They are powerful. And they are solid. And I can build my life on them. This was the statement that Meredith began this series with the other week. And she said it again, and I'm going to read it again. The words of Jesus are trustworthy. They are true. They are eternal. They are powerful. And they are solid. And I can build my life on them. I want to declare that to you today. Just go ahead and throw an amen on there so that our, our teams know that, that you're participating with us. And so here's, here's, here's where I'm going today, everyone. I am going, I'm going to John's Gospel, chapter 11, just for the next, you know, most of the afternoon. I don't think you have any place to go. So I'm just going to sit here until we get through with it. You know I'm having a little bit of fun with you. Thank you, by the way. For those of you that are, sometimes uh, technology has a learning curve, and uh, most of us who grew up in church are not used to watching church uh, when you're not there. I think you've heard me say before, I've been to church almost nearly every Sunday of my life, and so it's, it's a little interesting to me. When my Sunday gets turned upside down, I almost don't know what day of the week I'm on because I measure my week by my Sundays and Thursdays. By the way, I'm going to preach to you on Thursday on the night shift, too. Um, but thank you for those of you that are reaching out. But, but here's what I want you to know. Sometimes we have to break down a barrier. We have to break down a wall. Because we live in a screen-oriented society, and everybody feels like it works except for the church. I know people that are making decisions based on the news. And sometimes that's a good thing to do get information but you weren't in the newsroom you watched it on a screen I know people that were on social media putting all kind of comments about Grammy the Grammy Awards but you wasn't at the Grammy Awards but you watched it on a screen I saw people betting money on the Super Bowl online telling people and uh, but you wasn't at the Super Bowl but you watched it on a screen and man that halftime thing got a lot of people stirred up and uh, wow, I, I'm not even going to go down that road, but you wasn't there, but you saw it on a screen. I want to say to you that this word is coming to you on a screen. If you have friends or family, just before I read this verse, if you just real quick hit the share button, what that does is the people that are connected to you on social media then will be notified that this is on. And I think that today, right now, that Facebook is the most anointed it has ever been right now because nearly every pastor friend of mine, every church friend of mine, if they don't have the, the, the beautiful technology that God has blessed us with and, and that you guys have given towards, we have, we have, you know, we're kind of ahead of that curve. In some ways, we're not the only ones, but then there are numbers of people that their only way of contacting um, their members today is by holding their phone up and doing a Facebook Live. And God bless you because God can do that as well. But I just want to say to you, 
God bless all of you for jumping in here and for participating and being faithful in everything because I'm telling you, churches are in a position right now to make a statement to our communities. And um, people are going to find out that our God is more than enough. And he supplies all of our needs, but he does it sometimes through the generosity of our people. And you guys have been awesome and great, and thank you. And if you're not a part of Cornerstone Church and you're watching and you're friends, and, but you're planted into a, a, a local church, make sure that you support them the best way that you can. I want to thank all of our, our Wayne campus family, our Lima campus family, our downtown campus family, our Eastwood campus family, our Mommy campus family, Cornerstone Pretoria, Cornerstone Middleburg, Unite 180, too many churches and names in Mexico to mention. We're all here together. New normal is worship. My new normal is worship. But I can't get to my new normal of worship unless I move from just faith into another level of glory. Because glory is important for you to understand because there's really three main definitions for the word glory. And glory is an interesting thing because um, it's hard to define. You know it when you feel it. You know it when you see it. But it's, it's elusive to really try to define to someone. But, but for sake of definition, there's really three understandings of the word glory. And the first one has to do with light. Glory is light. Uh, it means brilliance. It's almost like staring at a diamond in the midst of the light. The facets of it and the way that light reflects off of it. The glory of God is light. And then, then the next word for glory is weight. Weight. It means it's weighty. Uh, the, the picture we have of it in the Old Testament was when they carried the box that had the glory in it. It took priests to get up under the weight of it and to walk it around. There's a, there's, a, there's a heaviness and a weightiness to the glory. And then, then the last word really has to do with it being visible. Being visible. It means it really is the manifestation of the presence of God. We know that God is everywhere but he's not always manifested everywhere. But when the presence of God is manifested, there is glory. Just give me a, just give me a minute, saints, because listen to this. I told you the story about the Diet Coke and the moon pie, which was really the story of getting some gas. And that produced a praise in me. But I found out what, produce, what produces worship is glory. Some years ago, Kathy and I and our church were on uh, Airport Highway. It would have been the, the early or mid part of the 90s, 1990. And um, the funny thing is that when you're in a spiritual warfare situation or your mind is under attack or your life is under attack, there's really no rationale to it. It doesn't make sense because it's not rational. It's just like an attack. And so... Um, I felt like I was, in my mind, I was just under attack. It was like this oppression that was on me all the time. 
and and uh, it just made me feel I mean I got to the point that I was questioning God was he trying to get me to move to another city or something I, I felt like am I in the wrong place because it was just it was just weighing on me and it, it's kind of hard to define for someone that's never experienced it but if you've ever experienced it you know it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but it's happening to you and um so I thought that for me to be strong, I didn't, want to, I didn't want to put that burden on Kathy, so I didn't tell Kathy about it. What I didn't know was over here on this other side, the enemy was weighing on Kathy's mind. And she was also, and we're both walking around, standing up under pressure, hallelujah, glory to God, all that, you know, and smiling. I mean, we weren't treating each other bad or nothing like that. But I didn't know till later that she was also having a battle in her mind. Both of us were battling and, and neither one of us knew it. We, we've learned a lot since then. I will send up a flare fast, <laughs> you know, get some prayer going. But we didn't know that back then. Here's what I want to tell you. It went on for weeks, maybe months. Out of nowhere, one Thursday night, we got done with service. And Kathy and I walked back to my little makeshift office. And when I put my hand on that door and went to open it, there were angels in my office. And the, you believe this if you want to. I'm, I'm the guy standing here. And Kathy will tell you yes and amen. When I opened the door, the lights were not even on. When I opened the door to that office, angels were in that office. And here's, here's the, the, the odd part about it. Saints of God... Let me talk to you. We did, there were angels there, but we didn't even see them. What happened was when I opened the door, the presence was so strong. She is sitting right over there now. She and I dove into the floor and covered our faces. And the angels walked around us. And, they, and we knew they were walking around us. But the glory was so weighty and so big that we dare not even uncover our heads to look at it because the angels were walking around and breaking off assignments of the enemy against us. We laid on that floor for so long until they locked the church up and everybody went out to eat and we just laid on that floor and it broke instantly. Now, me getting some gas and a moon pie produced a praise. But glory brought me to a level of worship. It brought me to a place where if I don't ever see another moon pie, <laughs> if I don't ever have another Diet Coke, if they, shut, if they put me on lockdown, if, 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 if there's a virus trying to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, you've come too late to rob me of my worship. Because it is a level of glory that God takes you to that puts a worship on the inside of you that is not confined by geography. It's not confined by zip code. It's not confined by what nation you live in. It's not determined by what's in your bank account or what's sitting in your driveway. I didn't come just to praise God. I came to glorify. Jesus said, but for me to get you to that level of glory, Mary... For me to get you to a place of glory, Mary, I have to put you in a position that is beyond your present norm. Whew, 
That's what I thought about when I read that second verse because it says, this is the Mary. This is the Mary that anointed Jesus. But that's not going to happen until Jesus is ready to be crucified. But this is what did it. Because I ask myself, what brings a person to such a level of worship that she walked into a room with an alabaster box? She wasn't even supposed to be there. It wasn't right for a woman to be in a room in that culture with all those men there. But she learned that the God that we serve sometimes will break a rule for a worshiper. He'll do something for somebody that will worship that he won't do for anybody else. And she was not going to be denied of her worship. And she had an alabaster box. And she walked over top all them men looking at her funny, staring her down, cutting their eyes at her, rolling their lips, sucking on their teeth snapping their head whatever all they were doing making kind of whispering noises and see when you when you get an attitude towards worship there's nothing that can stop it nothing that can stop it you can talk about me if you want to but I'm going to worship God you can you can tell me what you want to on the news and some of us right maybe some of us wrong maybe I don't know but I'm going to worship God anyway because I was created to worship and she walked in there with that alabaster box perfume costly perfume and she broke that box and she anointed Jesus. I don't know how y'all feel about this, but she got down there on her knees and she took her hair and she used it to wash his feet. <laughs> this is the Mary. I'm still in verse two. This is the Mary that anointed Jesus. And you know, you always have one of Judas's in a room. And Judas said, this is a horrible thing to say. He said, she wasted that. You know, there's always somebody that feels like worship is wasted time. And, um, and it's a whole nother message. I, I, I don't want to go down that side road, but it was costly. It cost her something. I want to tell you that it filled the room. <laughs> it got on the curtains. <laughs> it got down into the rugs. It got on people's clothes. It got in Mary's hair. And from that moment until Jesus was crucified, every place he went, he walked with the smell of worship that was on him. Oh, my Lord. I'm, I'm getting ready to tell you why. Let me tell you how she got there. I'm almost done. You ain't got no place to go. Hang on. I'm going to tell you how she got there. Jesus had to take her to her new normal. And her new normal was going to be worship. But she couldn't get to her new normal till she had another level of glory. But she couldn't have another level of glory until he brought an end to her last season. Her last belief. Because she believed. She believed that Lazarus was going to get up you know, at the, at the resurrection, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. If you can believe, you will see the glory of God. I'm going to be as, as bold enough to say to everybody looking at me right now, if you can believe, you will come out of this thing at another level of glory that you did not have when you went into this thing. Because God wants to bring you into a new normal. And the new normal is going to be a worship that can't be stopped. A worship that will fill the room. 
a worship that will take you to another place. But you can't get there until he tells you that the level that you're in is limiting you. And sometimes it takes a shutdown. Sometimes it takes a layoff. Sometimes it takes some time off. Sometimes everything around you has to shake. Jesus said, Jesus said, if you can believe, you will see the glory of God. I believe God is taking his people to a level of worship that is pretty amazing. Sometimes it's a little bit of time that we have. We have family time. We have all this kind of thing. But sometimes you have to come to the end of a thing. I'm using Lazarus as the end of a thing. For Jesus to walk into that room <laughs> and to say, watch me now, Lazarus, come forth. He had them roll the stone away. I'm not trying to exegete the whole scripture. I'm just trying to drop a word on you. The stone is rolled away, and Jesus stands there and says to a man who has been in the grave for four days, and he says to him, come forth. Here comes Lazarus, bound, hand, and foot. Study it out. Study it out. Google it if you want to. His head bound up, grave clothes, particular garments they would put on people when they buried him his hands bound why, why you got to tie a dead person up I don't know I don't know but his hands were bound head and foot and when Jesus called him he came on out he came on out somebody somebody may be bound but you're coming out you're coming out you're coming out you are coming out in the name that is above every name you are coming out. You may be bound, but you're coming out. And when he got there, Jesus looked at them and said, take those grave clothes off of him. Oh, my goodness. This is my, this is my last part. This is my last part. I came to tell you, take off the garments of mourning. Take off the garments that speak of death. Garments are spirits. They're attitudes. They're, they're, they're things that you're wearing. You, you don't have to walk around every day. Look, brothers and sisters, I am not making light of any of the trouble that's going on in the world today. But you know what? You sit around crying about it. You can't fix not one thing by sitting there crying about it. But when you call on the Lord your God, and when you send a worship up into the atmosphere, when you say, I will put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, and I'm going to take myself into a new level of worship, and if I have to lay on the floor. I got time to lay on the floor. If I got time to turn the news off, I got time to turn the news off. If I have to, whatever I may have to do, I got time to do it. I want somebody right now that knows that worship is your new normal to throw an amen somewhere in your, in your computer, text it to somebody, call somebody, say it to somebody, if you're having a watch party and nine and a half people are sitting around you, I want you to just give them an air high five. If you, if you can't touch them or something or wave at them or do something and let somebody know that worship is my new normal. I hear people talking all, all over the place, all over the place on, on nearly every channel talking about, is this our new normal? No, this ain't my new normal. I'm on my way to my new normal. 
On the way to the new normal, your bad situation turns worse. Lazarus, who was sick, died. And news of Lazarus' sickness did not speed Jesus up. And news of Lazarus' death did not slow him down. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. And so what I'm telling you is sometimes a bad situation gets worse, not because God is against you, but because he has to bring you into a new normal. And your new normal is worship. But your, your new normal of worship cannot be experienced without glory. And if you can believe, Jesus said, did I tell you? It's just like he said. And he called him out. And there are Lazaruses all listening to me right now that are coming out of your trouble, of your lifestyle. You're coming out. You might be bound, but you're coming out. And we're going to take them grave clothes off. And we're going to put on some garments, praise. We're going to find a new normal of worship. This is the Mary. (laughs) This is the Mary that anointed Jesus. Two things. I'm going to pray right here. Thursday night at the night shift. I'm going to see if I can take it a little bit, a little bit further here. I pray now in the name that is above every name and declare over you, over your life, over your family, a new normal is coming to you. New normal is coming to you. Maybe, maybe the family altars will be rebuilt. Maybe um, family worship can be established. Our incredible children's team here, for those of you that are a part of Cornerstone Kids, all of our campuses are so concerned that this moment produces the proper memories and there are online videos, classes, and Bible studies to help you just keep, keep that word in front of them. Keep that word in front of them. And one day, you know, depending on their ages, but one day they'll say, oh, I remember. They'll tell their kids, oh, you should have been there. You know how, you know how like uh, older people like to kind of fuss at younger people. One day they'll have their own kids and they're going to be saying, well, quit crying. Quit worrying about stuff. Don't you know when I was in the sixth grade, they shut everything down nearly all over the world. But I had people around me that taught me to pray and people around me that kept the word of God in front of me. It, it, it means something. It means something. There are things that God is bringing us into a new normal. I told someone the other day at the end of whatever time frame that we're on, whatever that time is, whatever the time frame is at the end of it, we're either going to have a baby boom or divorce court because folks is locked up in the house together and then and we're, sometimes we're not used to being together all that much time. That's just me having a little bit of fun with you. All right, not about the baby part. Have all the babies you want to. Just be nice to each other. There's a new normal coming. There's a new, there is a global new normal coming. The Bible teaches us, does it not, that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So that that which cannot be shaken will remain. So there's going to be shakings around us. 
people are going to have to walk through a bad situation that turns worse huh. to get to a glory to bring you to a new normal of worship that you have something of value that you can fill the room with and fill the space with the fragrance of worship that message meant something to you and that it means something in your days to come. Yeah, if this message has blessed you and you want to sow into the ministry of Cornerstone Church, you can do so from wherever you are today. Simply jump on our website at cornerstone.church and you can find the link there so that you can give in whatever way is most convenient to you. And we'll see you back here next time.